And um, I've entitled this message this morning, Passion and Purpose. Passion and Purpose. Let's just pray and ask God's help as we come to his word. Father, again, we do not take it lightly that I'm going to speak on your word. I need your help, oh God. And Father, I do not dare to open my mouth and try to work things out on a human level, Lord. I need your spirit to help, oh God. Please, oh God, will you pour your spirit upon this church today, upon Kim and myself, as we seek to serve you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure that during the um, week, you were stuck indoors. Um, and while you were stuck indoors, you probably thought to yourself, I can do with a holiday. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get away from England? You know, go to the Bahamas or somewhere warm, get some vitamin D into our skin, you know. And you may be thinking about that. Maybe some of you actually booked a holiday uh, this week. And as you think about doing that, you probably are now just preparing your mind, thinking to yourself, it's just wonderful to get away. Well, you know, as I started this message, I want to prepare you for the biggest event in history. I want to start preparing you for the next five weeks as we go to the cross of Jesus Christ. The biggest event in history. And so we start in this week, going right up to April the 1st, looking at Easter The Jewish nation calls it the Passover, we call it Easter, and we're going there together every single week until we arrive at the cross of Jesus Christ. And so there's three things that I want to say about this passage. Um, The first thing I want to say about what we've read this morning is determination. Look at Jesus with this Determination in mind. He says this at the time, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. He set his face resolutely, totally determined to go to Jerusalem. Now I ask myself the question. Does he not know what awaits him in Jerusalem? Does he not know that in Jerusalem there are going to be people who hate him in Jerusalem? At Jerusalem waits a crown of thorns. At Jerusalem waits nails and whipping and spitting and mocking. Does he not know that as he sets his face resolutely and determined to go to Jerusalem, does he not know what waits for him there? Indeed, the Bible says he did know. Now, you and I both know that if we know there's problems or trouble, we would avoid it. I felt so sorry for my brother Chris Holt. He's next door at the moment. But I rang him up during the week and he went to Glasgow on Monday. Only for a couple of days. Stayed in a whole week because everything shut down. He couldn't get back to London. 
And if he had known that the roads would have been completely treacherous and completely disastrous, he would have taken precautions. He probably wouldn't have gone to Glasgow this particular week. And we're all the same. If you know that there's a traffic jam or the road is closed or something is, is, is bad ahead, you will take precautions. Now, Jesus knew that in Jerusalem there was a cross. He knew that in Jerusalem men were going to hate him and despise him and reject him. And yet, the Bible says that he resolutely set his face towards Jerusalem. The question that we need to ask ourselves is this. Why? Well, there's three reasons why he set his face to Jerusalem. First, um, one, get the, um, first thing is the joy. The joy. Now, in Hebrews chapter 2, let me get the right, the right reading here. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. The Bible turns around and says that it was for the joy. The reason why Jesus set his face to Jerusalem Because there was a greater joy that would come to him after the cross. You know, when a woman gets pregnant, she knows that the delivery time will come. And the care team gather around her and um, they will speak to her about pain relief. They will speak to her about gas and air. Speak to her about epidurals. Speak to her about cesarean section. Speak to her about natural delivery. Speak to her about um, stitches. That's why men run a mile when you think about getting pregnant. We can't handle these things. But the woman, she goes through that. Why? I'll tell you why. Because she knows that one day, through all those pain and, and all those stitches and all these stuff that's happening to her, there's going to be a baby in that cot and she's going to be able to look, and then that child is going to fill her with so much joy. New life. When she's pregnant, she knows that she's carrying a new life. And even though the agony is coming, she knows that after the agony, there's going to be new life. Jesus, as he went to that cross, going to Jerusalem, he knew that after the cross, he is going to bring new life. Not just for the ones or the twos. But he is going to bring new life for the millions. Many upon many men and women from all nations around the world will come to Christ and will have new life. Why? Because he was determined to go to the cross. There was a joy set before him. In fact, the Bible speaks about the angels in heaven. And the Bible says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. If there's more joy in heaven amongst the angels and they didn't do anything, how much more joy 
would it be in Christ's heart who went to the cross for you and for me. Joy is coming. And that's the reason why Jesus Christ set his face resolutely determined to go to Jerusalem. Isaiah picks it up as well. He says in his uh, prophecy in chapter 53, when he sees all that is accomplished, when Jesus sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous, for he will bear all their sins. Isn't that a wonderful verse from the New Living Translation? When he sees all that he's that he's accomplished by his anguish, by his suffering, by his bruising, by the nails and the whipping. When he sees all of that accomplish what? Those who are unrighteous, those who are ungodly, those who are heading to hell are now made and counted righteous in God's sight. That was the joy. Amen? That was the joy. And so he set his face resolutely Determined, I'm going to Jerusalem. Second thing about why he was determined was the fight. Jesus went to the cross because he knew there was going to be a fight. What the Bible says from John's Gospel, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. The reason why he appeared. He did not come to work miracles. He did not come to bring teaching, although he did work miracles, and he did bring teaching, and wonderful things they were as well. He didn't come for these reasons mainly. He came because there was someone that needed to be destroyed. There was someone at the cross that needed to be defeated. And we know that the devil, he's running riot in lives. Many lives are ruined by him. He's got chains. We sung that song about my chains are gone. I've been set free. Satan has got chains that he binds around so many people. I could mention drink and drugs and gambling. And go on mentioning materialism and selfishness and greed. I can go on and mention sexual immorality, impurity and lust. Whatever names you want to add, they are his chains. And he loves to bind men and women. I read a news story this morning in, in, um, over in Northern Ireland. 27-year-old man set fire to a house, killing four people in that home, including a young child. When I read that, I thought the wickedness. What made that 27-year-old want to harm a family sleeping quietly in a home? Satan is running riot. And the reason why Jesus appears 
is to destroy his work. When I remember the testimonies last week, I realized that the three people who shared the devil's work was destroyed in their lives. Amen. The devil's work, whatever plan he had for them, whatever scheme he had for them, the reason why Christ came was to completely break chains from their lives and to destroy his work. His grip that he had upon them and upon you and me has been destroyed because Jesus said, I am going to the cross. I am determined. I am resolute. Nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to the cross. Not only for the joy, but there's a fight there as well. And I need to defeat Satan so you can be set free. I hope there's people here this morning, if you're not a believer yet, if you're not a Christian yet, you will be set free because Christ has gone to that cross. Not only for the joy, not only there was the fight, but the Bible says there was a throne awaiting for him after that cross. Again, look at Hebrews. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of God. Jesus turns around and when he came down, do you know how massive it was for him to come down in the first place? The Bible turns around and says this about Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death on a cross. Jesus left the glories of heaven equal with God to take on this flesh that you and I have. This frail body. This weak body. This body that can only stay in one place. This body that can get tired and weak and weary. This body that can cry and can be broken hearted. This body that can be disappointed. He came and took this body. This God of glory took on flesh. And came down. But Jesus knew that the cross was coming. He knew as the time approached, he was going to be on that cross. And when he was on that cross, he was going to say these words It is finished. That's why the Bible says that after he endured the cross, he sat down. I'm telling you, you guys are sitting down. When I'm finished preaching, I'm going to sit down. And when I sit down, you know I'm done. The job is finished. When Jesus sat down, he sat down because the work of defeating Satan, the work of setting you free, the work of bringing forgiveness, of opening a way for you to come to God. That way has been opened. The job is done. It's completed. It is finished. And so he sits down. He knew there was going to be a throne. 
That's why. So while he was speaking to the disciples, the boys were going to Jerusalem. And they would say, Jesus, don't you know that in Jerusalem they hate you down there? Don't you know the last time they tried to kill you when you was down there? Jesus said, no, I'm going to Jerusalem. And the reason why, because there's a joy that is set before me. The reason why, because there's a fight that I need to engage in. And the reason why, because there's a throne that I'm going to sit upon. I have to go to Jerusalem. And so Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem for you and for me. Let's move on. Not only was there determination, but in our passage we read that there was a rejection. So Jesus was going to Jerusalem and he sent his disciples into a village to get things ready for him. So we read these words. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. They did not welcome him. He sent his disciples. They went into the village and said, Jesus is coming your way. And they turned around and said, no. We don't want him coming in here. We're barring him. Do not allow Jesus to have any access into this village. That's what they said. Then the question that we need to ask ourselves again is why did they say that? Well, again, three reasons why they said that. The first is this. They did not welcome him Purely because they were racist. We have to start right there. The reason why they didn't welcome Jesus into their village was because they were racist. We all know from the Bibles that the Samaritans hated the Jews. And when they heard that Jesus, who was a Jew, was coming into their village, they turned around and said, you know what, we don't want him. First reason, because they were racist. They rejected him. Racial hatred is a terrible thing. I have known it here. People have not come to this church because a black man is preaching in this pulpit. They've turned around. When they walked in and saw my face, they turned around and walked the other way. I've known black People who won't go into a white church. No, they want to go to an African church or to a whole black church and they don't want to hear a white man preach. Racism is in the church. It's not good. To reject the message because of the color of someone's skin who's speaking or because of the culture of someone coming from a different culture than yours, to reject someone on that basis is totally wicked. And these men in that Samaritan village, they rejected Jesus because he was a Jew. That's the first reason. The second reason why they rejected Jesus was because they didn't know who he was. They didn't know who he was. They thought he was a regular a regular Joe, a regular Jew. They didn't know who he was. You know, there was another Samaritan village. 
you may know this one a bit better because Jesus was speaking to a woman at the well. And when he was speaking to this woman at the well, who was a Samaritan woman, this woman goes back into her village and told them. And look what they say. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. Here is another Samaritan village, just like the other one. But instead of rejecting Jesus, this group of people knew who Jesus were, was. Jesus spent two days with them. And after the two days with them, they turned around and said, this one is not just a regular Joe. He's not just a regular Jew. No, this one is the saviour of the world. If they knew that, they would have welcomed him into the village. If they knew that, they would have prepared him and helped him on his journey. They would have said, what can we do for you to get you to Jerusalem safely? If they knew that he was the saviour of the world, they would have been different. But instead, they rejected him. How awful... How very sad. You know, so many people today do not welcome Jesus into their lives. You may be here this morning. You might be in church, but you haven't got Jesus in your life. The reason why you haven't got him in your life is because you don't know who he is. You think to yourself, oh, I don't want to be a Christian, really, because I don't want to do Christian things. It's not about doing Christian things. It's about who he is. And because you do not know who he is, you reject him. Jesus turned around and said this. I know it's John's favorite verse, but he says this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's only me. And if you reject me, don't think there's another option. Don't think there's a plan B and a plan C. No, no, no. It's only me. The third reason why they rejected Jesus and did not welcome him is because they knew that he was going to Jerusalem. They didn't know what for. But he needed to going to Jerusalem. Now, if they had realized what he was going to do at Jerusalem, it might have been different. You see, at Jerusalem, he was going to lay his life down as a ransom for many. That is what he was going to do at Jerusalem. They didn't know that. In fact, Ephesians says this. I love this verse in Ephesians about Jesus. He came and preached peace. To you who are far away, that is the Samaritans and every other person who's not a Jew. He came to preach peace to you who are far away and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. They did not know that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to do a work of laying down his life as a ransom in order to bring peace. 
to men and women, those who are far away from God, and those who had the Old Testament. He came to bring peace. But because they didn't know that, they rejected him. You know, not only did Jews rejected him as well, we read in the scriptures that even the, so not only the Samaritans rejected Jesus, but we also read in the scripture the Jews did as well. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what will bring you peace, but now is hidden from your eyes. Do you know what will bring you peace this morning? It's Christ. And Christ alone. Do you know what will bring you peace this morning? Nothing else but Jesus. The Samaritans did not know that the reason why he was going to Jerusalem was to bring peace. The Jews, when he arrived at Jerusalem, did not know why he came. It was to bring peace. The question is, do you know why Jesus went to the cross is to bring peace. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Well, there was a determination. Jesus was determined. But as he was determined, sadly, there was rejection. And thirdly, and finally, there was judgment. Now, I understand why these guys said what they said. The disciples got upset. James and John is mentioned in our Bible reading. They and others got upset. I can understand why they got upset. They got upset because they saw that Jesus was being rejected. They saw that these people in Samaritan village didn't want him. They saw all these things and they got quite upset about it. So this is what they said to Jesus. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven and to destroy them? Can you imagine that? Lord, do you want to call fire down from heaven and wipe out that village? Now they said that because they know that in the Old Testament, Elijah did the same thing to the enemies of God. I won't put the verse up there, but anytime you want to look it up for yourself, it's in 2 Kings chapter 1. Elijah did the same thing. And so these men, being so upset being so annoyed with these Samaritans, they said, Lord, let me say a prayer and call fire from heaven and burn up those people. Well, though I can understand it, Jesus turned around and had a word for them to say I think Christians today, when people reject Jesus, you know, you might want to give a tract to someone in, in Loughton High Street and they, you know, they laugh at you. You might say, Lord, I could do some fire right now. 
Jesus had a word for us. And he said to these men, these words. But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. The disciples wanted the destruction of everyone who did not agree with them. They wanted the destruction of everyone who rejected Jesus Christ. But Jesus turned around and said, you do not realize that you're not of the same spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit is in you. You don't realize that I have come not to destroy men, I have come that men might be saved. That's the reason why I came. Now I've heard some people say, when you talk about Christianity, they turn around and say, well, you know what, I don't want to be a Christian. If I become a Christian, then all the fun will go out of my life. I won't be able to do what I want to do. I won't be able to, to, you know, to drink like I want to drink and to party like I want to party. I don't want to become a Christian because all the fun goes out of my life. Jesus turned around and will say to you, I haven't come to destroy your life. I have not come to send you to hell. I have not come to ruin you or to destroy you or to rob you from joy. No, no, no. I have not come to do any of these things. Jesus turned around and said this. I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I haven't come to give you a piecemeal of life. I haven't come to take away joy from you. No, I've come to give you real life, says Jesus. That's the reason why I came. And not only real life now, where you can be free from drugs, free from alcohol, free from sin. Not only life now, but I've come to give you life in eternity as well. i come to give you a double shot, a double barrel of life, says Jesus. And so people turn around and say, oh, I want to become a Christian. If I become a Christian, my life's all over. I can't do this and I can't do that. Well, when you can't do these things, these things only bind you and keep you as a slave. But when Christ comes, he liberates you and gives you real life. He says to the disciples, you do not know what manner of men you are. You want to call fire down from heaven and destroy this one and destroy that one? And to ruin that one's life? To send that one to hell? No way! I have come to save men. I've come to redeem men and women. I've come to bring them into relationship with God. That's why I came. Not to destroy their lives. So he rebuked them. So we read these words. And Mark picks it up about Jesus going to Jerusalem. And he says this. They were on their way to Jerusalem. With Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished. While those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside. And told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem he said. And the son of man will be delivered over to the chief priest. And the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death. And will hand him over to the Gentiles. Who will mock him. And spit on him. Flog him. And kill him. Three days later. 
he will rise. And he took them to Jerusalem. The disciples were astonished. Those who followed were afraid. But Jesus was determined. And the reason why he was determined because of the joy of seeing you and me in heaven with him one day. That's why the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him was followed by the fight that was going to be there. Satan was going to be completely destroyed, completely, his power completely made null and avoid. He was going to completely destroy him at the cross. And so he was heading for Jerusalem. And he realized that he was going to sit down on a throne. And the Bible tells me that you and I will sit down with him. Because the victory that he has will be your victory as well. We live in a day when many will turn Christ away. Many others will say, don't come here. I'm barring you from my house. I'm barring you from my life. I'm barring you from my world. Don't come here. My prayer is there will be no one here who will bar the Lord Jesus Christ. But with open Hearts, open arms, you will say, Lord Jesus, what you did for me, I can never repay you back. Be Lord, be Savior, be my God, be the one that I follow, be the one that I submit to. Your way will be my way. Lord Jesus Christ, you went to the cross for me. I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow you. May that be you this morning. May that be me. Let's pray. Jesus, I just want to say thank you.